Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. Carson Wood. Microphone's in the middle of the table for me. One second. He, he moved his microphone way far away because he was listening to comedy. Comedy. He may be anti-violence, <laughs> but he's not anti-comedy. I love Gandhi. <laughs> watch Clone High if you don't know what it is. Go watch Clone High. If you don't get anything else from this podcast, go watch Clone High. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. How did you? How 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 did your weekend treat you? Good, really calm. I've had a, the whole week. I've been working from home. Friday got a little hectic. Good because it's cold outside. You should not be going outside anyway. if you don't have. to. Oh, I have a puppy, so I have to, and I no yard. That's fine. That's so that's I have to go outside second. all of the time. Oh, okay. That's not split second. Like that dog can take like twenty minutes to take a dump. Got to put it down. I wish I knew how to. You shoot in the head if I tell him. Oh, got to put him down. Yeah, got you. No, I'd use a two by four. You gotta oh. keep it humane. Uh, no, he's he's adorable. You just took his balls. He yep. He needs to live on. He just because he doesn't have any prosper or uh, posterity. I posterity. Pros- prosperity. Loads of prosperity. I thought he'd be famous <laughs> <Yeah>. after <laughs> this podcast, at least. Um, and what about you, man? It's a good week. I watched the uh, lots of MMA this week. Actually, watched the WSOF card. Did you? I was yeah. going to ask about that because I did not get to watch that one. And then, of course, UFC two hundred seven, which is way more important. Um. This was great. I wish we would have actually all been in the same place to watch it together. Stupid so work. Carson, myself, and my brother were all watching it in separate locations mm-hmm. and texting each other. Mm-hmm. And I was also texting Travis during this as well. Um, got him set up with the same thing that we've got set up with, so that, that works out well. Paying for the fights, it's, uh, it's great. Yep. Quality's it, stellar. Yep, all at your own location, so it's like $50 per. That's like, what, five households we just, mm-hmm. five five pay-per-view buys we just And you got it at my work, too, which you convinced me of, oh, so my yeah. work's paying for it, too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 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 all these IP addresses are going to get me in trouble, Carson. Um, but with that, uh, what were your thoughts on, on this weekend? What was the most impressive fight and what was your favorite fight i guess we could start there did you watch um, any of the undercard let's start there first yeah it was uh, that's what i was watching at work it's a good one so and then i missed most of the dillashaw dillashaw fight on the way um, when i was on the way home and then i caught the last round of it which means you caught all of it because that's basically how the whole fight went mm-hmm. um and I guess that means I missed the Don Kyung Kim. So, but I, yeah, I caught a substantial amount of the uh, the undercard. So Don Young Kim versus Safferdine, that was a very controversial fight. I Kim, I don't think should have won. I think Safferdine should have, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, matter. Nico Price actually looked really, really good against Brandon Thatch, which is too bad because I remember when Brandon Thatch came in. He came in like a freaking bolt of lightning, and now he's <clears throat> he's mediocre at best. So he'll most likely get bolt. Uh, booted uh garcia knocking out pile one of the freaking most brutal knockouts of the year lands a, a clean punch and uh it's one of those where mike pile went down so hard that his head bounced back up yeah that was uh i was actually scary yeah that was i mean it was it was very beautiful and i mean i didn't know who alex garcia was before but now i do but it apparently he doesn't lift weights uh did you see what Reno was saying? Huh. In his post fight press conference he says, I don't lift weights. Which is fine. But then they were saying that he goes they noted that uh Alex Garcia doesn't lift weights and has erectile dysfunction. <laughs> 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 because if he doesn't lift weights, he's pretty damn ripped for not for not lifting weights. <laughs> um That was yeah, that that I felt bad for Mike Pyle. But I mean it was beautiful. 
how do you feel about the Oliveira means fight? The Oliveira, you're the new, that oh down yeah, opponent. the very first one. Well, everyone threw that freaking who is the ref? That was Dan Margliata, right? I believe it was. Yeah. And everyone threw him under the bus because they were like, no, he wasn't downed. Joe Rogan, um, the even VP of whatever, the guy that they Ratner. call in, Ratner, Mark Ratner came on. And the fact was, is he technically, according to the rules, that referee was 100% correct. Yeah. Did you see when, did you see the uh, the clip where Joe Rogan's interviewing and the, at the end with Tim Means? And he's like, it's very controversial. Look like he wasn't a downed opponent. And you see Big John in the background uh-huh. about flip his shit. You see him like, like what the hell, Joe? Like, yeah, no. According to the rules, his foot, his knee, and his other leg were three points of contact. Well, even still, like if they're on their knees, I feel like that's just pretty. I mean, he was actually probably more not having his hand down at that at that position because he doesn't have that blocking his chin at all. Um, I don't know why I'm pantomiming that for you and <laughs> moving away from the mic, but I um, better what he. You're uh, to now though. What's that? I said I understand now better what you're referring to. <laughs> Thank you for showing me. I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's actually more in danger, more susceptible to taking an ugly, ugly knee. So, um, I mean. Yeah, and I mean, he did. He took two. And apparently they it was a no contest. And so Oliveira's um, team is putting in a, a request against that. I don't know if they're, I think they're looking for DQ. And I guess they could. I don't. I think he could have come back. I just don't think he was going to. I think that he... And, of course, I've never taken two knees in the face like that, so I, he probably shouldn't have. Um, but I feel that they kind of milked it a little bit. But Tim Means also could have not gone on such a rant and realized that he may or may not have been correct on what he was doing, which he wasn't, instead of being like, that's the rule, that's bullshit. And according to even the new unified MMA rules, apparently that will still be an illegal an illegal strike because the other thing that they were saying is it would no longer be it would no longer be illegal come January but or today and I believe that it actually still is illegal the, I thought the new rule was just if you have two feet and your hand down then they like but that, now that's not a thing if that's you have, three points of contact and that's no longer if you put your hand down you can still get need right and that's that should be a thing mm-hmm. like that that I agree with but if your knees on the ground I feel like I don't know I feel like if you you've got one knee on the ground, you you should be able to get up. Maybe not. I mean, someone's on your back, getting. But you okay. shouldn't be getting need then. If they're on their on your back. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't mean on your back. I mean like they're over hunched over on you. I mean they could easily knee you. It is what it is. It it it'll definitely be interesting. It's interesting that we've never seen anything like that. It's weird to me that it seems like in the last three cards, maybe even more. There's some kind of weird controversial. We had the no contest with uh, Tyrone Woodley. It's Stephen Thompson, where they announced it incorrectly, but technically he still kept his belt. There was this one. There was the timeout by freaking Tim. Br- or, uh, what's his face when he broke his finger versus Vadum uh, Brown? Travis Brown. There it is. Travis Brown broke his finger. He called the time in the fight, and then they fixed his finger, and he came back. And that fight should have been called. I think there was something last fight as well something weird happened this last fight card there's been all kinds of just weird weird oh no uh ellenberger getting his foot caught in the cage like there's been a lot of asinine things that have happened over the last probably five or six ufc cards that we've seen Mm -hmm. just super bizarre and you don't think it could 
I think Ellen Burgers is one of the weirdest, and I think Travis Brown, I mean, surpassed this, but this is still really bizarre. And to, at the beginning of the card to have something like this, you thought it was going to set the tone for the entire night, and luckily enough, it did not. The next two cards delivered pretty quickly. Um, I thought it was an awesome card overall. Hendricks Magni would, did not deliver. I thought that this this was... I and Johnny's just got to be done at that weight class. Yeah, I think it's, he said he was going to go up. But, I mean, do you see how tall Magni was mm-hmm. as compared? Jeez Louise. Well, and the thing is, is the biggest thing that I got out of this fight, and I never thought in a million years it was going to happen, Magni won off of fighting off of his back because Hendricks kept wrestling him and putting him on his back and doing absolutely no work from top position. And Magni actually won doing more work from, from the bottom position, which is unheard of in, in MMA. And so the fact that he actually got that that decision was crazy to me because I thought there was no way they were going to give it to him because Hendricks was the stronger. Wrestler. I actually did miss that one too, but you feel like you feel like it was the right call though. Oh, absolutely. So watching the fight, uh, Magni won the first round. Hendricks took him down six times the entire fight, um, but the submission attempts were a lot. I mean, there were two by Magni, two triangle attempts. They weren't as close as you would think they would be, but, I mean, he was throwing elbows from the bottom. He was throwing strikes from the bottom, and Hendricks was doing the wrestling move where he puts his head right in the middle of his chest and doesn't really do much of anything, and it was really annoying, and a lot of people were like, well, he's going to win this by just laying and praying, and the refs gave it to Magni because he was doing more work off of his back and and trying to to submit him and and actually trying to work, even though he was in in a... subordinate position and so I was really happy they did that I was hoping you know obviously this this is not something that's going to happen all the time it is in Vegas and most of the cards are in Vegas so it's great that those judges are are kind of going that way but I really hope it starts to move that way so those wrestlers don't just take people down and and, and sit on them that you know the the BJJ guys that are trying to to transition from the bottom and so on and so forth are going to have the potential of winning even though they're on the ground or on their back. I don't think if there's a potential of submission from your back, if like they haven't even, even if they're working and they haven't been doing a lot, and if they're just going to sit there with their head in their chest, I almost feel like, because like I said, watching the old Ultimate Fighters, they would stand people up for a lot less. Um, I think they probably, because they weren't actual, and they weren't commissioned fights, they probably had a lot more where they could just be like, you know what, just get up. Oh, and I feel like that. Which is interesting, though, that they did it in that competition because you fight so so often in six weeks. Like, you would think that they would probably prefer you to be on the ground more, not just taking damage to the head on, on your feet. But, um, yeah, I I've, I feel like we need to see probably more more uh, standing people up. But, I mean, I didn't see that fight, so I, I don't know exactly. Um, I had actually taken a call at work. But. Well, no, Magni was working from the bottom, so I wouldn't stand him up either because he was trying to transition and he was actually striking. So... If it almost looked like if they would have stood him up, they would have taken Magni out of the dominant position. Mm. But Hendricks was nutty. Did you hear what he was saying before the the fight? And it kind of made sense, but apparently he did a lot of press where it was just really weird. He was saying really bizarre things. But one of the things he said was he would like to see the MMA media make weight before their next before the next UFC card to drop twenty pounds before the UFC card. Who Hendricks was? He would like to because he missed weight. And they, they talk so much shit on him for miss, missing weight. So he missed saying, five or six it? times. Yeah. And you agreed to come in at that weight. 
That's not on the media. Shut the hell up, man. Well, and the media like, the media is doing their job. Their job is to question the fighters, write articles, ask questions, you know. Shut the hell Talk up. about prevalent things, and missing weight is one of the biggest things that you can talk about before a card. So him coming out and being like, you guys make weight. And the thing, the most interesting thing was is it was said that he was a one pound off, you know, an hour before the weigh-ins or whatever, and then he was three pounds off when he actually weighed in, which means someone was just like, oh, yeah, he's just trying to drop a pound. And then he covered his face on the scale. Like, so did Amanda. Yeah, but with a lion mask. That thing was hideous. Well, yeah, but... Um, the Ray Borg-Lewis Smolka fight was very good. Very good. When it came to a freaking BJJ match, freaking Borg's transitions were amazing. And then Smolka's defense was pretty good, but obviously Borg had much, <laughs> much better transitionary skills. My favorite thing was everybody after he said, if you didn't know who I was, you know who I am now. And all of the Conor McGregor gifts popping up. Who the, is that guy? Because <laughs> everyone's like, I still don't know who you are. Good job, Smolka. <laughs> Smolka lost. No, I, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now uh, you know yeah, who I am. Good job, Smolka. Yeah, great job, Smolka. Now, the irony. I'm Ray Borg. And then Dillashaw Lineker. Give me, the, give me your thoughts on that fight. Uh, like I said, I only saw the last round. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. But, I um, that before we got on. But. Uh, Dillashaw was dominant. I was surprised that at least the last round how dominant he was. Um. I really thought that he would do a little bit more. I can't remember how I picked it. I feel like I thought Cruz was going to, or not Cruz, Dillashaw was going to win, but not not like that. Not that dominant. No. He was more I, dominant than Dotson was, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. And I honestly thought that that was going to be the uh, foreshadowing of the Cruz-Garbrandt fight. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, not with the wrestling, but like Garbrandt being a little bit slower, not being able to land his strikes, being flat-footed, and man, was I wrong. But... Dillashaw looked great. Um, really, really good throughout the entire fight. Uh, kept taking Lineker down, but even when he wasn't taking him down, he was setting up his takedowns with with um, combos and different things like that. Like he looked, he he looked a lot better than he did in his Asuncao fight, and he looked a lot. He didn't look as good as his Cruz fight, but that's only because we mostly saw his wrestling, not his striking and his moving and his his footwork and those type of things. Um, he seems like he's coming into his own though, where it looked like, to be begin with, it looked like he was just, um, imitating Cruz. It looks like he's actually getting that style down to where he feels comfortable and it's now his style rather than just an imitation of Cruz's style. Well, he throws more power too. Oh, Cruz has no power. Mm, Mizugaki would yeah. to differ. I guess that's true. But I mean, I, and he, he clipped, he clipped, uh, Garbrandt he, he a couple times, Garbrandt. but um, you're right. I mean, he's not going to 95% of the fights. He's, he's not a comeback. Not yeah. He's not going to finish somebody. And he's not a comeback from behind fighter. He looked well, he's old. never had to. Well, yeah, but, um, let's get into that, man. Tell me. So now that we got into a fight that you watched the whole thing, sorry, I forgot to be like, yeah, tell me what you thought about this. in the last round. Um, Cruz Garbrandt, man. Give me your thoughts on that. I loved it. It was a really good fight. I mean, it's everything that you want out of an icon. I, th- I, I felt like it was an iconic fight. Yeah. One, we see a coming of age. Two, we still see um, a very game cruise just just lose, which I think is actually good for that division, good for him. I don't think he's anywhere near out. I know people are no. saying that he looks a step slower. Um, he, Garbrandt was just on. I, I don't know who wins the next one. I, I, I would take Garbrandt, but I think that Cruz could just pull it out. And then like, there's just iconic moments. I I almost hated to because like 
Garbrandt kept doing the same thing where he would just short point at Cruz and just like give him the look and it was like okay do something I mean I'm okay with trash talking but do something else but then there was like the the foot taps the dancing like he he had some almost Anderson Silva moments of just ducking dodging and then like he would almost move away from Cruz and then like change directions back to take him down um I thought it was an iconic fight probably the best fight that division's ever had I, I can agree with that. I think that's probably the best fight that division's ever seen. One of the things I really liked is when, in the second round, Garbrandt went to taunt Cruz after he caught him, and he stood there and pointed, and Cruz saw it and freaking came back and caught him because he didn't change. He didn't. He didn't move. He was trying to taunt, and Cruz was like boom, 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 came right back at him. And Cruz, the hard part with Cruz is every time I see him, now all I can ever think about is freaking Uriah Faber's skinny fat comment. He's like the skinniest fat guy you've ever seen. And fattest every, skinny guy. Fattest skinny, yeah. Something Which like one that. makes more sense. Maybe they're the same thing. But but every time I see him now, I think about that. Like, he did look a little bit older. He did look a little bit. But, I mean, he, he's looked that, that same way since he's kind of been back. And one of the things he said, there's two things he said in his, in his post-fight press conference that I really, really liked. One was, um, you will look like you've lost a step of the guy, of the guy that you're fighting is that quick and fighting that style. He said he was pulling him towards me. So one of the things he was doing is he looked like he was staying flat-footed, and when he would get in the range, his timing was really good. And that's one thing that Sean said. He looked very Connor-esque, right? His timing was really good. His use of space was really good. Um, and the other thing was, as Cruz said, I was talking too. I was talking just as much as he was. I was taunting him as well. And so he wasn't like... I can't believe he was doing those things in the ring. It didn't make any sense. You know, he was childish and amateur and whatever, whatever. He openly admitted that he was saying things too and taunting him and, and so on and so forth. So it was it he's was real, man. I, I like he, he's real. I know people haven't liked him for a while because it's he's just him and Cormier. It's this is like a robot. People don't like robots. People like people to get emotional, like John Jones and Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, Cruz, like Cruz said, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But he he is a good person, and he's got a ton of heart, and he really is just a good person. And that was also interesting for him to say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then to say, like, TJ might deserve the next, you know, the next title shot. If they give it to me, I'll take it. But TJ's right there, and TJ looked dominant. I'm kind of over immediate title rematches. Um, that's what Cruz wa- uh, That's what Cody wanted. And his UFC tonight, when he was talking with Bisbing and all those guys, he said that he wanted to give Cruz the immediate rematch. Uh, well, he said that it makes the most sense to him, but he'll fight anybody. We did. Uh, I did a poll on Twitter this morning, and way more people. It was eighty-one percent of like the eighty people that took it, which isn't that many, I know, but still, eighty people. Eighty-one uh, percent wanted to see Dillashaw rather than Cruz for a second time. Yeah, I, yeah. What do you mean for a second time? Cruz come right back and fight Cody for the second time. For oh, Cruz come. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's not my. Let's look at that really quick. Adilashaw is a huge selling point. Both of them. What do you think? Ste- oh no, wait. What do you think so sells more? You said who do you want to see Garbrandt fight next? DJ Dillashaw or Dominic Cruz? Eighty three percent. Yep. Um, what do I think sells more? Um, it's it's that weight class. So I don't think I don't think any of them sell super well. You don't think X Alpha Male versus current Alpha Male sells more than rematch versus Garbrandt versus Cruz? That's what I was going to get into. I don't think any either of them sell super well. Uh, I think what a promotion can do, they can do more with, especially with, like, you can actually play what Garbrandt said at the end of the fight. Um, 
I think they can build that up higher. But right off the like, if you're saying like no promotion involved at all, like just throwing it out there. Uh, no, I'm talking for, for I'm talking promotion for the, for the casual fan. I don't I don't really think it matters too much. Um, but from an MMA standpoint, I think you could do the you can hype up the alpha male thing a lot more. You get Faber talking. Um, you already have Cruz that can commentate on it as well, since he already has an armchair position. And then you also have Garbrandt and, uh, and I mean, I'm sick of TJ talking about how this, this shit is rigged, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's not rigged, man. No. They got to make sure that they're making their money. Sometimes they make mistakes. I know that he's, I just hate the picked on me kind of mentality. It's just, just keep fighting. I mean, that's the thing, like be like Ferguson, just keep fighting. Yeah. Be like, be like cowboy. Keep fighting. Like, you'll yeah, get. But he did. He beat it at Sanciao. He beat Lineker, and he looked good. He earned himself a title shot. I think. It's, I, I'm saying I want him to have it. Yeah. But I mean, it's, and he he needs to hype the fight. I get that. But it, to a certain extent, he needs to like not say that. What I've learned, just like freaking Chelsea said, right? You can't pick your fights. You have to go out there and you'll say, "I will fight anybody." Once you win, you get your title shot because once you say that enough, enough people see that you mean it and enough people get behind you that they can't deny you that. And TJ and Tyron Woodley, the same way. People, him, them saying they deserved it, they'd sit on the sidelines, they weren't going to fight, they weren't going to do this, it was rigged, if they didn't get it, that this, that that. By the time they became champions, people liked them a lot less. Uh, the only way you can get past that is being a dominant champion. Mm-hmm. And so Tyron Woodley. Well, even then you can't. Well, that's a different story. I was going to say Cruz. People don't like Cruz, but that's, that wasn't the same. That's thing. the DC factor, where he's just too almost too nice and too good. People like people with issues, and people like to see people fall and and have issues. Right, the comeback story, which is I understand because most people in America like a good comeback story, but not me. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? The guy that puts in the hard work, does his job every day, and is the best at what he does, that's the guy I support. You know, true blue um, American with air quotes going. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. not the dude that is the best that squanders it away that has to come back and do it all over again because he he pissed away his shot. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Um, What... I mean, what do you... I mean... What do you want to see more out of that division? Do you want to see Cruz have to go up through the division again? No. Or do you want to see, do you want him to wait in the wings and for that? Or what do you want to see next? Cody and Cody and TJ are probably both out six months. You do that fight. If Cruz wants to take a fight, he does. If he doesn't, if he wants to just sit out and contemplate how he's going to come back and beat Cody, um, I think out of anybody, Cruz has the best chance right now to beat Cody Garbrandt only because he is so. MMA minded um, that he goes out he rewatches this a million times he figures out how Cody Garbrandt fights this was this was good for Cody because he was a surprise to Cruz you know he looked like he fought the same all the time he never looked like he was that quick he looked like he was flat footed and he came out and he was he was not any of those things and that surprise is now gone Garbrandt yep a lot of it actually he was flat footed he, but his sp- the spacing, the he, movement. I was so surprised because like that division, they're always so on their toes and everything. And he would stand with his hands up, flat footed, and then he would just dodge a couple shots, and then and then he would kind of back up and just like stand on his heels. And then it was so impressive to me, like how how quick he was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, have you watched any of the the pre breakdowns for the pre fight breakdowns that Hardy does? Uh, uh-uh. I mean, I've seen. 
They're like I've 30 minutes long, them, but I haven't seen they're, I didn't see one for this. They're amazing. So it helped me to start watching for a lot more stuff. So he was talking about what Garbrandt had to do. And he talked about how I think how TJ did it and how Faber did it, how they have this, they lead with their, their right or left if they're Southpaw, but I don't think any of them are. Um, so they do like a, a, a right, left, right. Uh, lead cross and then they step into it with their back foot. And so they go pretty much into Southpaw and they're in right inside them again. And so they can kind of stick in the pocket, but they can kind of cover their face up and everything. And go back and watch how many times like he swings hard with his right and steps with his right at the same time, and then that just gets Cruz off balance. Like, and that's that's how you see him going up against the fence all the time. I thought it was like his. I saw that, and then the Nunez Rousey one. I watched a little bit of that. They were awesome. I loved them. I I, I usually like to watch them a lot. I think Dan Hardy does a really really good job. I'd never seen these ones before. This yeah. in depth. I saw one with. I think it was. Uh, over him, Stipe, or it was Travis Brown over him, someone like that. And I really liked it. Um, he talked about what they usually did, how they've kind of changed, what they needed to work, what they needed to watch for, and, and yeah, and how they could win it. I I liked Cody up until he started talking, and I agree with Cruz. I think he's, I think he's a really smart dude. You can't, I don't think you can be that a champion level fighter without being intelligent in some way or another. Um, I think he's got a really I think he's a really really good dude and I I just don't think he's got a quick wit. I don't think he's quick with the things that he says and Cruz is. Um and I think when he sits down and actually does calculated, you know, talks and PR and press, I think he's going to be a really likable guy. I think he's going to get picked apart all of the time when they the trash talk starts. I really think so. I mean, the only person that can really do that to him is Cruz. Dillashaw's not going to Him and Dillashaw are going to be awful trying to trash talk each other. But I mean, they're, they're both wrestlers, right? Well, but they're just weird asses. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're fighters, man. Like, I, I mean, the Cruises and the McGregors, the Sonnens, the Sonnens, they're not they're not the norm in in this sport. You know, it's not like everybody can be Larry Fitzgerald. Like, the majority are the Marshawn Lynches. Like, it's yeah. it's just the way it is in sports. Like. Yeah. And you, I mean, you just have to understand that that's where they're coming from. They're not idiots, especially in Garbrandt's situation. Like he's not an idiot. He just, yeah. he gets emotional. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah, you're going to talk heat on my girlfriend. I'm going to get out of this. Did you watch that whole interview yeah. too? I'm going to get gonna out of this co- chair. I'm going to come, come over there. No, he wasn't going to get him. He did. Oh, did he? He went right outside the door. Yeah. He if you watch the. Throwing uh, all kinds of stuff. If you, he, he didn't really throw anything. That's what Dominic Cruz is saying. I know. And, but, and you could kind of hear it, I think. But like, because in the embedded, they show, they the camera crew follows him. Oh, yeah. And he goes right outside and they block him. Like, not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And he's like, let me in there. And he's like, not worth it. And he's like, okay. And he goes back and he starts getting ready for the interview again. He, I didn't see him throw anything unless they cut it. But, I just I didn't see any of that. I just listened to Dominic Cruz. And it was Dominic Cruz that did the whole like, I'm going to come get you at the weigh in. When Cody just stood there and Cody laughed, you know what I mean? Like it, it works both ways. And obviously Cruz didn't mean it. He knew he was going to get held back. Like he just, he wanted to be the tough guy in that situation. And I think, I I think both of them reacted very well after the fights with what they said and and how they said it. Well, I think Cruz was kind of surprised with, cause Cody was kind of the one he, he seemed like the most heated. Um, obviously, um, after the girlfriend comments, you're fleeing on a string, which is awesome. But, um, he, I think Cruz was kind of like right after the fight ends and he squared up to him. I think he was almost like, shit, is he going to fight me right now? And then he just like immediately went to like high five him and hug him. Like, and it, it all just kind of dissipated. Mm-hmm. 
The whole thing was very interesting. Um, fight of the year. Uh, top five, I think. <laughs> I think top five, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. I like. I would like to see TJ Dillashaw fight. I would. The hard part is, is it, it will be unbearable to hear them try and smack talk each other leading up into the fight. They may just say nice things, but Cody's already no, thrown TJ under the no, bus. No, 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 they're not going to be nice. Cody's at all. got that. You sold out your team and you forgot where you came from mentality. Even though Cody moved from Ohio to Team Alpha Male, but. But, did he leave a gym though? I think I, I think his uncle began training out there, but I don't. His know. uncle's the one that trained him out there. Oh, then maybe not. Um, and I mean, I just know Cruz pointed that out like way back in the day. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think I hope we get some insight in, into Alpha Male on that. Like when they talk about sparring sessions and stuff like that, I loved when like Rashad would get into it with him and John Jones, and they'd be like, "No, I beat you here and here and here." And he's like, I'm way better wrestler than Jones. And then it comes out and Jones destroys. I, I like that kind of stuff. So hopefully well, we get some TJ Dillashaw saying that he'd always make Cody cry during practices. And Cody apparently knocked out TJ in practice or something like that. Uh, what did Cruz also said? What was it? Uh, Stevens, Jeremy Stevens punches way harder than, than Cody Garbrandt. He's like, he punches hard, but man, Stevens still punches harder than anyone else. And so uh, let's get into Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunes. Why? <laughs> All right, so I'm let's get kidding. it. Obviously, 46 seconds. Um, crazy, crazy fight. I I expected it to, to, to go 48. A little she bit. hung in there for those extra two seconds. That made all the world. Uh, do, you, do you hear the audio from uh, Edmund? Yeah, you sent it to me. Move your head. Amazing. Move your head. Move your head. That Move your head. So Move your head. <laughs> there you go. Move your head. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Honestly, like I, 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 I don't feel bad for Ronda Rousey. I don't like Ronda Rousey as a person. I love for what she's done for women's MMA. Um, you always say that she seems like she'd be great ninety five percent of the time and just a terrible person five percent of the time. I think it's the opposite. I think she's a terrible person ninety five percent of the time. And when she has a script written and everyone's on her side, and that five percent of the time, she's just a peach. No, I think Ellen could, and Conan and we could sit there and breed Pokemon together and stuff. Like she'd be <laughs> play a good World time. of Warcraft. She's just well, I don't do so, that. I, so basically, she's just a nerd, right? Mm-hmm. So nerds hate being teased. Nerds hate freaking um, the spotlight on looking bad in, in a in a public light, which is everybody. When I worked at EA, oh my goodness, man, it was weird because I was the dude that they perceived as a jock, which I'm not. I've never played any sports in my entire life, and I'm really uncoordinated. And they would tease me like they were like, oh, finally, this is a reverse role of how it was when I was in high school. We can give this guy a hard time. And I didn't care. I couldn't have cared less because I had a self-esteem. But it was weird. And if I think of her as a nerd, it makes so much more sense. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you could sit there and in River exactly. and it, it wouldn't be that bad. Like, I, I honestly think like – then why did she turn on everybody and have a list of everyone she hated that was on her side to begin with that then turned on her? Paige Van Zandt, Joe Rogan. Basically, everyone that was like, you thought I was you were friends. And then all of a sudden, I lose, and you're out talking against me. And it was like, no, they just gave their opinion on the fight. Um, well, I think, one, she's really heated after that. She doesn't like to lose. Uh, if you saw, Did you see her mom's letter out to her? Yeah, or out to which everybody? is also ridiculous. She always paid her taxes on time, and she doesn't have any kids. What the hell? I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird, but for the most part, I mean, it was pretty straightforward, and I and I kind of agree with it. Like, 
I think she's overall probably a pretty good person. Um, and when you see her, like when she's actually in her element, she's not John Jones. I can tell you that she's never gotten, like they said, she's never gotten a car wreck with prostitutes in her car. She never hit a pregnant woman and broke her arm. Like, but I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, okay. All right. I think when it gets to her friends, that's when she has a problem. Okay. This is what I thought of immediately when her mom wrote that. When Joe, when John Jones went on Joe Rogan. And John Jones said, my garbage man, my garbage man told me I needed to get my life together. And who knows what that guy does in his free time. And Joe Rogan was like, you cannot go down that road because all you're going to do is place blame and be like, this guy's probably worse than I am. And then you justify what you're doing. And I feel like that's exactly what her mom did. She did the John Jones. Well, there's a lot of worse people out there than my daughter. So maybe we should lay off a little bit. It's like we're not comparing apples to apples. We're comparing apples to oranges. Uh, I I don't think, I mean, I think her mom kind of had that ready because like so many people have talked about their relationship and how she prefers Edmund to her mom and everything. I don't know. I just think it's more her mom being like, no, like I still love my daughter. Her and mom support was supposed to have some major issues too, though. Like what? Apparently, apparently I'm, she was supposed to be a pretty hard trainer and coach when Ronda Rousey was growing up and less of a parent and more of a coach, mm-hmm. which is not what a child needs. They need a parent. Mm, some, I mean, both of us coming from no parenting background. I, d- I don't know. If we know what children need. We both have dogs. I don't. Well, it's someone else's, but you're raising it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't want to focus too much on Rousey because I mean I think she already got enough play. Yeah, and, I, I agree uh, with that. All the the accolades deserve to go to Amanda. Oh yeah. Well, so here's what I want to get into. Did you see what Dana White Dana White said about this? He said we could have put millions and millions of dollars into promoting Amanda Nunes as a champion and it would have gone for naught. But all of her promotion by her winning, the, we made more money by her just, no, what did he, ah, I'm butchering it. Basically, he said she did more promotion for herself by winning this fight than they, the UFC could have ever done for her monetarily. He's right. He's absolutely correct. However, that's basically like saying that they, they thought she was going to win. They thought Amanda was going to win? Right. So Ronda Rousey is going to sell this card, but as soon as Amanda wins this fight, now they have someone else that they can put money behind because everyone knows who she is. Mm-hmm. So that, that They're was, not supposed to make popular decisions. They're supposed to make eyes look at TV screens. And then uh, as people get phased out, they're supposed to build up other people. But this is... And, so this was technically a win-win. Sorry, keep going. I don't know if it's win-win for him because Ronda's the a mega, mega, mega star. Yeah. Um, but they had, a, they had a contingency plan by boosting up Ronda Rousey so big that when she lost, that Amanda Nunes became a, a semi-star just by beating her. Like Holly Holm, right? Holly Holm. But even kind of building, since Ronda decided to do no press, I almost feel like even building her up exclusively also kind of like hurt them though. Because if she would have been on, if they would have been doing promos, People didn't know it was on Friday. So she was I didn't on, know it was, she was on, on Friday. I she told, was on BuzzFeed. Browsy, or, uh, Amanda Nunes was. I saw BuzzFeed video. I didn't watch it, but I saw that they, they played Rock'em Sock'em Robots against her or something like that. Yeah, because she's Sorry. a lesbian. BuzzFeed loves, loves <laughs> <laughs> anything that's progressive. Culture, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't think they did Amanda a disservice at all. I think... Rousey did everybody a disservice by not doing I mean I mean that last week I was saying who cares honestly who does care that she didn't do it like give her some space if she wanted it um you would want her head to be right but clearly mm-hmm. it wasn't 
I think it was right until she caught that first punch, and then she realized that it wasn't. I don't think it was. She went out to touch hands. She didn't do it. She's just – it's always her against the world and everything, but um, – I think she's like that weird kid that you used to play basketball with that would like – dive on the ball and roll on the ground and do anything and everything to win and then almost pick the fight by the end of the game. That's what I imagine Ronda Rousey. She's just so uber competitive that she can't lose. Where like you watch Cruz and he's like, I used to not be able to lose. I used to have a really hard time about it. And then I realized that the belt wasn't everything. Like I'm here to entertain. I'm here for these things. I think Ronda Rousey winning is literally everything for her. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there freaking, uh, who's a kid? Gardner. Andrew Gardner. When we used to play soccer with that kid, he was the nicest kid in real life. A little pretentious, but the nicest kid in real life. But when he played soccer, if I wasn't on his team, I'd want to fight him every single time. And it's just because he cared about winning that much. I get that way a little bit. Nowhere near as much, though. I mean, maybe you do more now. And it might be different leagues because the league that we played on before, we were awful. And we had like two or three players that were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the mid-tier, but most of us were not that great. Mm-hmm. But And then you had those guys that played at a college, a collegiate level that took it really serious. And we always discuss this, right? I guess this, that's right? the team I'm on right now that we take it pretty competitively. Yeah, but I mean, if, if, you, but, if, if, there's some, if you're going to get something out of it, or if, you, if, everyone, if, okay, if everyone's taking it that competitive, that's all right. Because it's across the board. It was. Our game was... Did I tell you this? Our game was called last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did tell me that. so good. And so that, that I understand. If, if you're on an NBA team and every you know tensions are high because everyone's competitive or even... It, but if you're playing like mid-level anything, what basically what I'm getting at is there's certain people that can't compete without getting overly co- competitive because they have to win. Luis Suarez um, playing game, like yard games with his daughter made her cry when she was like five years old because he had to win. Yeah. And and I think a lot of those weird narcissistic sociopathic like things help people become the best because it, their own... Pretty much all the people that are the best are that way. Yeah. Jordan like, was C- that way. CEO, oh, Jordan still is. Apparently he still is just a huge dick to anyone he played against. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at his Hall of Fame induction speech. He was basically just pointed out all the times he schooled people. Because he did. Yeah. Amazing. But not being the greatest pushed him every single day to try harder so he would be the greatest that ever played. Mm -hmm. And I think Ronda Rousey was like that. And I think the division moved on without her. I think she's still a great fighter two to three years ago. I think taking a year off wasn't great for her. She should, if she's going to take another year off, she should, probably shouldn't come back because Amanda Nunes, Shevchenko, freaking all of those girls that are coming up, those are the future of women's MMA. Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, as great as she was, even potentially Holly Holm, you know, they, they're, they're getting surpassed. You think Holly Holm's getting passed? I think because she's more boxing and she's older, she may get passed up by the younger, the, like the Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is a dominant fighter. Cody Garbrandt's what five, six years younger than him. Coming up with a whole different type of training, you know. Holly Holm could still beat anybody in that division. I agree, including Shevchenko. I don't think Shevchenko just beat her. She could still beat her. She could, but Shevchenko made her look. And foolish. Dominic Cruz could still beat. Oh, and I agree. Cody Garbrandt. That's not what I'm just saying. Holly, okay, Holly, Holly Holm might not have been the one, but Shevchenko. And I think uh, not leaving that division, Holly Holm would still fight for that belt at within the next year and a half. Yeah, no problem. Not but probably she, even but she the loses the Nunes, and mm. she loses. She already lost to Shevchenko. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, that's what I'm th- it's, that division is competitive now, but I'm, I don't think that the sports passed Holly home by. She, lo- she lost uh, okay, a okay, fight that she was okay. dominating a man, or uh, Misha, and then she got well, yeah, worked yeah, yeah, by yeah, Shevchenko. Well, and that's what I'm saying, but Misha was on the, the first one on my list, and then Ronda. Hmm? Misha was on my list. For the, who is who? All right. Passed? Okay. 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 I I regress and I take back my statement about Holly Holm. She can still compete in the top five of that division, and she probably will for probably the next five or six years. Well, she's at one forty-five now. Yeah. Uh I think Dana White basically said it was a mistake to try and set up that division, especially after <laughs> Cyborg. I think he said basically like we'll see how that fight does. But it could be basically like they have a title fight and then it goes away. Dude, I don't understand. I don't know who's going to buy that fight. Nobody. Diehards. Diehards. Like, yeah, I, that's one of those I'd rather just watch it the next day. I mean, Travis Brown freaking. I was like, oh, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice uh, free fight. Wait, what? Two oh eight. That's two. Nope. Nope. They should move it to freaking FS one. It's not even. Pass. That's not even the, the, the that fight isn't even necessarily the problem. The whole card's not stellar. No. But um, big shout-out to Amanda Nunes, though. Uh, However, with that card... She won me yes. a free meal. No. Go ahead. Amanda Nunes. Yeah, because me and Paul had a bet from months ago when they announced this. He was, like, watching ESPN, and he's like, oh, I just I, f- I feel like Rousey's got her head back right. She's going to come back. She's going she's gonna to take over the division again. And I said, I'll bet you that she beats Amanda... Or that Amanda Nunes beats her. And then last week when we were doing the other podcast, I said, I'll give you odds... Amanda Nunes has to finish her. Um, if she doesn't finish her, uh, I will. I will get you dinner. And I didn't expect her probably to win that easily, though. I did not. She crushed her. Have you ever seen a more dominant title fight? No. Even the Tim Elliott DJ fight, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! That was I, well. It was interesting because everyone was like, she out Connor Connor <laughs> because Connor. It was basically Connor versus Alvarez, right? Except in high speed. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. I guess she kind of destroyed Betch Cohea too. That was kind of a dominant title fight. But Nunes even... has been dominant for no, the I last meant, little bit. I meant Rousey. Oh, Rousey. Yeah, Betch. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was pretty, it was about that same amount of time, about forty eight seconds. She did she did catch her though too. I think I think didn't Betch kind of caught Rousey once. I think. I uh, probably so maybe but, the exact same. But Amanda was. I mean, oh my gosh, man, the striking though. And they, they said there's a lot of people on Twitter that was like that. Basically, were saying that. Ronda Rousey knocking out Betch Cohea was the worst possible thing for Ronda Rousey because <laughs> she started to believe that she could actually strike. Uh, yeah. Amanda, Amanda's uh, beating of the four horsemen came full circle. She planted the seed in, Rousey, yeah. in Rousey's head so that a, a Brazilian later could uh, finish the job. The She's last, a genius play. The last thing I want to get into about this card, and then I want to talk to a white for two seconds. Um, literally two seconds. Literally, I'm not going to say a word about it. Literally two seconds. I didn't like how rude Amanda Nunes was. I understood that she was completely disrespected, so she decided to disrespect Ronda Rousey back. However, you won the fight. Move on. Let it go. Just move on. And I understand beating Ronda Rousey is like the greatest thing that a, that a, a woman in that division could potentially do. However, like I kind of lost it, quite a bit of respect for her with what she was saying after the fight. Ended. Well, there's no respect for her. I mean, she's, she's still great, but like... It came as to a, a person, point where, not as a fighter. I think she's a great fighter. She's a great person too. But it came to a point where she was scolding everyone, and they're like, "They're, they're her fans. Mm-hmm. 
and they are not familiar with MMA. Like mm-hmm. a lot of her fans are not. I mean, a lot of are, but a lot are not familiar with MMA. They just love her. You can't just sit there and scold people. Like she should have just said, "Hey," and I know there's a language barrier. We talked about this last week, but be like, "Hey." you guys are disrespecting not only me, the whole division. Like you, this isn't, this whole division isn't about Rousey. We got some good killers up in this division. Shevchenko's great. And you build other people up with it, but she just kept going back to it yep. over. And even though the whisper, like the quieting everybody, that's even oh, that's, fine too. That's fine. It was uh, but, like, I knew I was going to beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey after she'd already talked about two minutes about how great it was to beat Ronda Rousey. Every question went back to it. And it was like easy, yeah. man. Like, but I, I got pretty annoyed by that. And then Even her, though I'm not a Rousey fan in the least, it was like, dude, you just dominated her. Like, literally just... Holly Holm took her spirit, but you basically just... Took her soul. Yeah. The whole thing. It's gone. Um, and so you can't just continue to just stomp on it like that. And she she brought it back in the in the post-fight. Did so, she? I haven't seen it. Yeah, she was, she was pretty... She was pretty mellow. Did she calmed down after the adrenaline spike of winning the fight. She still brought that damn mask though, uh, and uh, she was putting it. On, she put it on the belt. Like, take that thing out of there. That thing is terrifying, <laughs> in the wrong way. <laughs> thing is awful. So let me talk to a white real quick. Here are the two things she's that gonna I, get fined. By the way, for what the lioness hat that she had on. I bet you she's going to because she had that on like right after the fight, and then for the post fight she had the UFC hat on. She's gonna get fined for it. She should just put Reebok right across the forehead of the freaking thing. You didn't see that hat? It was the most flamboyant hat. It had like bolts in it, and it was like pink lettering of Leoa, which I, I think that's how it's Lying. spelled and pronounced. I don't know exactly. And it, was just, <laughs> it was a white hat with like pink across. Oh, I didn't see it. Was it a UFC fight? No. Oh, that's yeah, why. No, that's why when she went yeah. to her. That's why when she went to her press conference, she. She, she had, had a UFC. UFC. I assume it was a UFC hat because I was like, that is the most yep. gaudy hat I've ever seen. She's definitely going to get fined for it. Uh, 208, real quick. I do like how they're putting freaking Canyonier against Teixeira. I think that's way too quick of a fight for a Canyonier. But in that division at 205, he looked really good at heavyweight. He looked good in his last fight. I'm glad that they're trying to advance someone in 205, even though I think that's really quick for him to fight Teixeira. And then Brown versus Lewis. I'm finally glad that Derek Lewis is getting a top 10 opponent. Um, even though it is Brown who... Schaub was talking whatever. about Brown today in... Uh, Schaub, in uh, Schaub just needs a quit talking period. No, I, 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 I disagree. That's what he gets paid for. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like you'd think it is. He was he was kind of talking. It was segueing with, or dovetailing, I should say, with what happened with Rousey and her striking. And he's like, I, I mean, that that whole camp is like, and he he didn't he didn't throw Edmund under the bus. I, I'm sure his name got brought up because it's like him, Joey Diaz, Edgy Bra, and and Joe Rogan were all talking. But he was like, when me and my camp were looking um, across the heavyweight division, um, we saw Travis Brown. We're like, we have to fight him now because his footwork, his everything, like this guy will be the champion. And he's like, he, he's like, we literally thought this is the guy. So did we. And then he moved the camps, and he's like, we're, we're looking at his fight, and he's making very amateur mistakes, and we're wondering where his footwork went. He had they they likened his footwork to Dominic Cruz as a six seven yep. guy. He and, used to move a ton. I remember. Yeah, I remember when he first came in. I thought he was going to be a future champ as well, and then still, he went over to. He still could be. He's we got to get away from Edmund. 
And I mean, what do we know, right? Us, the MMA community, not just me and Justin, because everybody hates Edmund. We but I mean, that, it's starting to. We know that all of the fighters that have gone to Edmund that they pulled are now six and twenty. It starts stacking. It's starting to stack up. Six and twenty in their last whatever amount, twenty six fights. Yep. It's 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 not looking it's not looking stellar for that camp, but all right, man. We got fifteen minutes left. No, not even that. About twelve minutes. Do you want to get into fight of the year? Or you want to save that for? We can get into it real quick. We can do it next time if you want. I feel like we need to do um, it now, but I feel like ten minutes is not long enough to discuss it. Uh, well, let's go over. Yeah, we got time. Maybe we can. Maybe we can cut it. We can get into our fight. Our fight of the years. A nice little twenty-minute episode. We missed an episode, so we got an extra hour. I mean, we're not going to do it tonight, obviously. We have an extra hour. They roll over. Yeah, you yeah. have you have like six hours to use within your recording time. And yeah, but, but then it rolls over. It doesn't roll over because we had that was last month. I think because anyway, <laughs> whatever we can look at it. Um, so I've got Topology up right here. You want me to read you off the top five from Topology? No, just 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 let me. We can go. Uh, well, if you want, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Okay, so this is kind of what we're going off of. We're looking at Tapology's MMA 2016 MMA Fights of the Year. Here's what they've got. Um, and this is, you told me that this is user-generated, correct, by upvotes and... I'm assuming because it moved so much. Okay. And they had really weird fights that were ahead of, like, Choi and Swanson the night after, so I'm assuming you have to, like, upvote and stuff. So Lawler versus Condit, Dillashaw versus Cruz, McGregor versus Diaz, Silva versus Bisbing, Diaz versus McGregor 2, and then number six is Swanson versus Choi. Uh, you want to you wanna spout yours off real quick? I don't have a top five, but we can get into it. Um, so this is how I would put my top five. Um, I wanted to put Lawler Condit up there, but just going back and looking at it, I wasn't like... I wasn't overly impressed with it. I haven't rewatched it. It's it's good. Like it's it was a very very good main event, but fight of the year. I don't know. I went and watched the Sean O'Connell Bosse fight too. Not any good. Yeah, it wasn't that stellar. No. Um, I mean, again, these yes yes they they made that card really great. That had that fight. It had the Cerrone Cote fight, and it had the McDonald um, Thompson fight. So it was a good. I mean, that was that set the tone. Like that whole, those yeah. last three great, but not really the fight of the year for me. Um. I would put my top five as uh, Tate Holmes, yeah, Bisbe or uh, Wonder Boy Woodley, mm. Venata Ferguson, um, Bisbing Henderson, Choi Swanson. So I guess I didn't see I didn't see Choi Swanson. No, no, sorry, I did see Choi Swanson. I didn't see Bisbing Henderson. So I can't really go off of that. I think that's a great list. I think home versus Tate was huge. Some of mine are weighted a little bit like what I like the most. They're not like, they're not necessarily like, hey, what are the, like, what is the most technical fight of the year? It's what did I enjoy the most? Yeah. And I was more hyped for the Bisbee Henderson fight than for a lot of fights this year. And I thought it really, really paid off. We almost got to see the H-bomb land again. And I mean... Uh, and the Tate Holmes fight, like I just, I'm a sucker for fifth round finishes. I I think that I think that Conor McGregor Diaz two and Home Tate get such high rankings because of the the weight of those fight in the in those divisions. Obviously, different, very very different. Um, Conor McGregor Diaz being a much bigger fight. 
um, going five rounds. Diaz coming. I have McGregor coming back and winning that fight. But Misha Tate winning her first women's title when she was one of the the forerunners of that division, winning in the fifth round and losing. You know, yeah, yeah, because that, that's her style to a T. Um, like just all heart. Yep. I did have Conor McGregor Diaz because I have like a top ten ranking. I do have. Conor McGregor Diaz one in that I don't actually I didn't love two as much as one again I, I thought one was more like, like iconic you have the double punch from Diaz you have the big shots landed from mm-hmm. from McGregor and then the rear naked but so here are the fights that I really disagree with on this list Aldo versus Edgar two was an awful fight Ortega versus Brandao was also awful when a lot of people Ortega dominated that fight after the first round um, Lombard Magni doesn't make any sense because it was just a freaking shit show and it could have been called in the first McGregor Diaz one just doesn't make any sense that it's in the top five at all I disagree I I love that fight but it, there was no reason for it Conor McGregor lost by rear naked choke after he got clocked by by Diaz by the, for just exciting and just being a, a all around great fight Absolutely. That was probably the number one fight of the year for just pure entertainment and everything around it. Absolutely. For technicality and actual fight everything, no. Absolutely not. What? For technicality? Technicality. He got clipped. He Conor McGregor went for a shot and got freaking rear naked choked. That was not technical. None, nothing. The shot that. that got him was technical, and his shots in the first round were very yeah, technical. Yeah, no, I, that's not what I'm saying. But the ending, yes, the the fight itself was technical. Both fighters are very technical in their striking. Sorry, that was the wrong way of putting it. The ending was was super climactic and anticlimactic at the at the same time because it was so exciting that he lost, but it was such a lame way to lose at the same time. That's what I'm getting at. Um, by I. He had Poor to get his, shot. I mean, he had he had to get not, his head right, and he's. I mean, you can see before like people that even if you shoot and it's not successful, you can at least get them like catch them off guard so that their head can clear. I, I, I think he was in desperation mode. Oh no, absolutely, but, that's what I'm saying. I, um, I understand that. So, what's your top five then? If, All right. So, going through this real quick, I think my number one fight of the year. I actually thought that Dan uh, Donald Cerrone Matt Brown that's was by far my favorite fight of the year. Both of these dudes came out technical. Both of them came out to fight and win and Cerrone ended up with a great knockout at the end. I have said this multiple times. I think this is a more technical Swanson versus Choi fight. Same card, different repercussions, but at the same time I think that it was an all-out brawl, but it was more technical than Swanson and Choi. I thought Swanson and Choi was, was, was super fun, super down and dirty. Choi stayed a little bit technical. Swanson stopped being technical in the first round. I think that gets in my top five. Uh, one of those that's on this list that probably wouldn't be on a lot of other top fives but was super fun to watch was um, Mike Perry versus Danny Roberts on UFC London um, earlier on the uh, – Henderson Bisbing card. A lot of people probably haven't seen it. Mike Perry looked like Henderson Bisbing or Silva Bisbing. Henderson Bisbing. That was in London. Mm-hmm. Yes, they fought in London twice this year, or was that Manchester? It was in Man. They fought in London once in Manchester. In the other, I thought Bisbing fought Henderson. I'll take your word for it. I'm going to look it up, though. Um, keep talking. No, I'm sorry. Fine. Go ahead. So that was a super great fight. Um, there was some lulls in the action, but Perry ended up knocking him out at the end, even though Roberts had nothing but heart throughout that entire fight. Um, that would definitely be in my top five. 
Home versus Tate would definitely be in my top five. Um, Bisping versus Silva was a good fight. The, all the controversy around it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, even though I could probably go back and really appreciate that fight. The fact that Anderson Silva didn't fight like he should have kind of irritated me. And I went back and watched Holloway it. Holloway Lamas was also a really, really good, striking fight. I went back and watched it today, um, again, because I was kind of putting this list together. Um, when you go in with it, not the expectations, and you already know kind of what happens, it didn't have the same feel that Anderson wasn't. He didn't do enough, obviously. He didn't win the fight. But you kind of saw what he was doing. I didn't like like the he did kind of seem scared to get hit because, like, he was doing a lot more, like, Wing Chun, like, blocking his face with mm-hmm. his elbows and stuff. But at the same time, like, it seemed like he was just trying techniques that he didn't have perfected. I think if you go back and watch it, you'll have a little bit more respect for it. I did. Um, still not my top five, though. I, I, not even my favorite uh, Bisping yeah. fight this year. Yeah. Um, if you ask me which ones were weighted the highest, like, top five fight of the year most important fights. Oh, I just care about, like, what your favorite fights were. My my very favorite fight of this year. That's rough, man, because there was so I, yeah, no, it was definitely Matt Brown, Donald Cerrone, and that's because it was easier to remember. It went three rounds. It it was anybody's fight and then Cerrone ended up pulling it out at the end. And I I really, really enjoyed that fight quite quite a lot, actually. Um Pettis versus Oliveira was also really good. Um, with Pettis looking like he might lose and then coming back and, and submitting Oliveira. It was just Lineker Dotson. I look at some of these fights on this list, and they're just not that great. And for all of the amazing things that happened in MMA this year, all of the, the stories of the years, the fights this year were really, really good. And I don't know if I'm just like short-sighted because I can't remember all of these fights that were just like super great. But it seems like fight of the year usually end up having to go three rounds at least. I mean, Brunson Whitaker is on this list, and that one was way fun, right? Brunson came in swinging, kept his hands down. Whitaker weathered the storm and knocked him out. Like, I was trying to go through to find a weak card, and the only card that under-delivered was UFC 200. Salt Lake. Well, I don't even mean (laughs) that. But, like, Caceres, but, like, I meant main events, right? Main oh, event. no, that one, yeah, that one didn't. Main that event. was still a fun fight, even yeah. though it was kind of sloppy. But Main events and main cards that didn't deliver to what they were supposed to. Um, Daniel Cormier. And I thought 200 actually still delivered. I, I, I didn't think the... Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's return was one of the biggest letdowns of the year. Uh-huh. I'll agree fun. to that, but I still Daniel think that card Cormier was Daniel Cormier fighting fun. Silva was and one th- of the biggest letdowns of the year. And I thought that from the Jim Miller fight all the oh, way yeah. to the, like, the Amanda the undercard Nunes, was amazing. Misha Tate fight. I, I, well, I thought the whole thing was pretty great. Um, I even liked the... The Silva fight, the Cormier Silva fight. Um, I enjoyed them as a fan. I mean, but Aldo Edgar too. I liked that one a lot too. I liked it, but it wasn't. It didn't deliver at what I thought it would. It was an awful Jose, fight earlier. I did. It was an awful <laughs> fight. Jose Aldo ran the whole time. I, I was having a discussion with Brandon on freaking Twitter today about this. The truth. Yes, Brandon. The truth, and we could not disagree. There's so many things we agree on, but there's one. This is one fight we cannot agree on at all. Jose Aldo, to me, didn't run. I mean, his defense was backing up. Frankie Edgar kept coming forward, and then Jose Aldo would come in real quick, close the distance, hit some strikes, and then start backing up again. And he did, if you see it as that, he did win that fight. I thought Frankie Edgar did enough to win it because he was pushing the pace, and hopefully in January, when now, 
when you know fighters pushing the pace and and dictating the fight um, is weighted more. You know, maybe he will win that fight, but as great as that fight should and could have been, I feel like Jose Aldo took something from us, and it's another reason I very much dislike him. Hmm. I don't. I don't feel like I was. I was slighted at all. I still thought it was a great fight, um, but I mean, it wasn't my favorite fight on the card. But I, 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 I thought it was. If you want technical fights, there's your technical fight. Like yeah. if you're saying Matt yeah, Brown, yeah, yeah. Well, Cerrone, I mean, it's one of my favorite fights of the year was Rory McDonald, Stephen Thompson. I mean, there was probably less than a hundred total strikes thrown. It was just a chess match, and by the end, Thompson had broken McDonald. How, then how do you how do you have the same thing with the the Frankie Jose fight? How did, like because I was so irritated at Aldo. That's all it is. It's it's more of a personal thing. You know what I mean? It's not like let's go in strikes and see how this is. It was me being me being a freaking Frankie Edgar fanboy and being super pissed that Aldo wouldn't engage until all of a sudden he did, and then he'd back out. And that's why I was irritated. It was a great fight, but it, as a Frankie Edgar fanboy, it pissed me off. Stephen Thompson versus Rory McDonald. It was a chess match to the to the point that whoever made that first mistake was going to lose that fight. And there were no strikes thrown. And we watched it with somebody that was like, "This is the most boring thing I've ever seen. What in the world is this?" And by the time it ended, they were like, "That was a great fight." It was like what I just did, right? Where it was this fight had no strikes thrown. This one had a bunch, but I hated this fight and I really loved this fight. And it's a technicality thing, right? I knew what they were doing, and I knew that. There was so much respect between those fighters. The first one to get hit or the first one to make the wrong chess move was going to lose that fight. And Thompson, towards the end of it, had had Rory McDonald so beat that he was covering his face with one of his arms and trying to like jab with his left. It was so it was crazy to watch that one today, too. Right, I mean, well, I actually watched the last three fights of that card. I watched the O'Connell, the Cerrone Cote, which actually I think is also up there. I, I thought it was really good. Actually, um, it went to the third I, round. I've never been a Cote guy. That's probably why. Well, they go to the ground, and I mean, Cerrone kept taking him down. He actually took Cote down. Uh, that's where he showed his wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so then yeah. he came back up, and he eventually finished him. He knocked him out. Um, so I mean, it went from the O'Connell Bosse fight to the Cerrone Cote fight. To the Thompson uh, McDonald fight, it was it was a pretty great card. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Boston and O'Connell, they they stand and they struck, but man, was it not technical? It was just two freaking rock and talking robots standing in front of each other and, and and tiredly punching each other. Sometimes you just can't be technical though, because like people come in with a game plan and it's like, okay, if he does this, I'm going to do this. Like you have to sometimes just create chaos. Like, well, like and I and that's why I understand why Swanson Choi might be more of like a fight of the year. Because Swanson had one one way of fighting in that first round and realized it was going to lose in that fight, and he had to fight his fight, and he changed. And that is one of the reasons I really liked that. But he got really sloppy, and Choi stayed technical, but Choi didn't open up and didn't swing as much as he should have. Uh, I, I just I thought it was the most display of heart from both fighters because a lot of time it's it's the heart of one of them. Like, yeah. You have a super technical Holly Holmes. That's not to say she doesn't have heart, but obviously Misha's all heart, and she's getting beaten. She still finishes it. Where these two, they they both at separate times were losing the fight, like on the judges' scorecards and amount of punches thrown, and then they both turned it around. Or you know, maybe Choi never actually grabbed a hold of the fight again. But um, I thought it was up there with you know Benson Henderson versus Pettis. 
uh, on just just a war of attrition. Like who who's going to put their heart more on the line? And Swanson did what he had to. That's why for me it is the fight of the year. But I I, I I'm not going to argue that Matt Brown Cerrone wasn't an amazing fight because I loved the hell out of that whole card. That was the best card of the year. And there's a I was looking at it. I can't complain this year. Uh, 2015, there was some there was some moments like, and there was a lot of fights that didn't happen, and we did have that with 200. And when there's still people that like your Cain Velasquez is stuff like that that doesn't happen. But this year was amazing. It was a ama- last year I should say it was an amazing, amazing, amazing year of fights. Going through all of the cards and looking at those that were supposed to be some of the biggest cards of the year and seeing which ones didn't deliver, they all did. There might have been one card where I could be like, yeah, no, that one was supposed to be better than it was, and it wasn't. But I was really, really impressed with all of the cards that were put on this year. You didn't have a Denver card that was a whole bunch of heavyweights that nobody finished. <laughs> it was just a whole bunch of decisions, the longest card in history. Like You didn't have any of those. Um, I had another question for you. Um, how much time do we have left? As much as we want. I think we just hit an hour, so we're good. Um, so I put this to you on the, uh, the notes that I sent uh, over. I've- um, so they were talking to Cody Garbrandt and I can't, I think it was Ariel Hawani. Um, he, he asked him if he thought he was fighter of the year. Um, and he went, he said he went from unranked to champion and that would be his case. Uh, off the top of your head, Connor McTwo belts. I was going to say, who do you, <laughs> is that who you have for fighter of the year? No, I can understand why anyone would argue why uh, anyone that wins two belts in two different divisions, it comes back from a loss and beats the guy. Like, I understand Connor McGregor will probably be fighter of the year. I think Cody Garbrandt is definitely there um, as well. Uh, TJ Dillashaw was not a fluke, obviously, because he won, but he kind of went from like, okay, cool, we have nobody else come in and, and fight this title, and he won it. Obviously, that wasn't this year, but just kind of showing how it is. But Cody Garbrandt did come up. He did beat a guy that was undefeated in Thomas Almeida. Um, he did beat Dominic Cruz, who was the champion, and he fought, I think, what, four times this year almost? I'll check. If you if you fought four times in one year and you won all of them, you're undefeated and you're a champion, you you have to get fighter of the year. So you give it to Cody? I I say it's a toss up between McGregor and and Garbrandt, and I think more people are gonna he go. He did fight four times. Yeah. Yes. I think more people are going to go with Cody Gar or more people are going to go with Conor McGregor because he did something that has never been done, which is win two belts in two different divisions in the UFC, and I think that's absolutely amazing. However, going from nothing to winning a belt like Cody Garbrandt did, I think it's not nece- it's not more impressive, but I think if you're going to give something to someone just based off their merit, it definitely goes to Cody Garbrandt. Um. These are my names in descending order. Um, I have four, and Connor's actually not even on it. I guess he could take the fifth place. But Max Holloway, one of the most active. Oh, yeah. Um, Cowboy lost at the end of last year, switched weight divisions, and went 4-0 against very tough guys. He is there. Amanda Nunes retired the two most renowned women's fighters, the two most decorated. Um, She retired two of them. And then Cody Garbrandt as well. Wait, who is the female fighter? Amanda Nunes. I think Amanda Nunes could be up there. And if if they want to be progressive, as we said earlier, I think she gets it. She beat. Oh no, I don't care. I mean, yeah, I guess she crushed Misha Tate. She basically is the uh, Robbie Lawler of the female division, where she beats who she takes your soul. She beat Misha Tate, 
Misha Tate said she hits like a man in the women's division. She's never been hit so hard in her life. Mm-hmm. She crushed Ronda Rousey. I mean, she beat who did she beat right before that? Shoot, Make it I've up. got it right here. Amanda Nunes. So she, the last time she lost as well was. So she beat Shauna Baszler, Sarah McMahon, Valentina Shevchenko. She beat Shevchenko, which is also just huge. Her last loss was a Kat Zingano, and that's going to come back. And when she fights her again, that was before she came to the United States to train. And then she beat Baszler, McMahon, Shevchenko, Tate, and Rousey. Um, so I would say definitely if you split it in between male and female, which you, I don't think you do, I think you can do one fighter of the year. Um, I, yeah, no, I'd take Nunes. I mean, it, it's it's tough, honestly. Like I said, it kind of with a, a very good year comes – I mean, Thompson can be up there too. Um, if he, he would have won the title, I think I, – I, how I see fighter of the year is almost like coach of the year, right? The college coach of the year is like you take a ragtag bunch of, of players and you turn them into a, a stellar, if not championship team. And I feel like Conor McGregor kind of always had the recipe to be – fighter of the year to be great. Um, I feel like Cody Garbrandt and Amanda Nunes had to do it themselves, had to forge their own path and had to make it to the top. I think Stephen Thompson also had a big, pretty big, not a big following, but I think people knew who he was because of how he was knocking people out. I feel like Nunes and Garbrandt came more out of the shadows than Thompson or McGregor did. And I know that he's won it before, but I, I honestly, I mean, look at, Look at what Cerrone did. So February twenty first, it's his debut yep. for for uh, welterweight submission triangle choke over Alex Oliveira, performance of the night. Uh, third and, round, and he finish. was supposed to fight somebody else that night, if I remember correctly. He was. It was yeah, it was Cowboy versus Cowboy. So he was supposed to. I can't remember who pulled. Yeah, I can't remember. But it wasn't Gaslam at that time. And then he uh, he fought Patrick Cote. Performance of the night finishes him in the third round. Um, then he has that combo against Rick Story. Yeah. Um, performance of the night and out wrestled Rick Story. Mm-hmm. Performance of the night. So that's three performance of the nights. And then he beat Matt Brown, which in any other card is performance of the night. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, if you knock just, out Matt Brown, yeah. Uh, it's and, and I mean just top to bottom. I mean that that should be performance of the night as far as like fight of the night, but. Choi Swanson was on that card. Like that whole card was just yeah. was so darn good. I I just I think I, we were spoiled this last year. I think he fights RDA again. He wins. Ooh. I now that stay I, away from him. Just stay away. Just I go. see. I feel that RDA and Rousey have the same had the same stigma that they were seen as so much better than they were until they got beat. And after they got beat, they all of that changed. I mean, RDA's dropped three in a row, right? He lost to Alvarez, he lost to Ferguson, and he lost to... That's it. Oh, that's it. But, I mean, yeah. I just say don't fight him again. Just go fight. Just go fight. I, th- I really want to... Go fight Connor. Go fight I Ferguson, really want to see a go Diaz fight. fight. Diaz. He, he, or not Diaz, excuse me. I want to see a McGregor-Cerrone uh, fight really bad. Go fight Khabib. I mean, he could fight anybody in that division now. Oh, did you hear what Dana White said about Ferguson? Uh-uh. He was talking about, he's like, there's a number of ways to turn a fight down. And he said that he would not, he, the only way he would fight Khabib is if he got paid the same money that Khabib got, got uh, paid. That's awesome. And so Dana told him no. Jeez. I think Ferguson also could be up there. 
I think he could have a belt by now, and I, I think he could be up there for contender for fighter the, fighter of the year. Um, he didn't look good against Venata, but that was because it was a complete surprise. He did. He just had moments where he like. I mean, he beat him by Darce choke, right? Uh huh. And I mean, he he did get the better of this. I watched that fight today too. I watched a lot of fights because um, I was that was going to be. Did I put that in my? I can't remember now. But uh, yeah, he, there was just that one flurry where Venata had him on a street he didn't know the name of it was it was bad but um harley davidson street <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i that, that's a good point ferguson could be up there too ferguson's but. definitely i think ferguson's up there um obviously freaking dj should be up there on that list as well being that dominant definitely doesn't help stipe miocic could be up on that list coming back and, and winning a belt this year um Joanna, but I mean, she's just—it's one of those things, right? You, if you're just that dominant, I, I think Michael Bisbing definitely doesn't. Um, Anthony Johnson has done really well this year. There's a, there's a lot of fighters that have just looked super impressive. Max Holloway, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, Stephen Thompson, um, Steve Miocic, Cody Garbrandt—all of those, I think could be in consideration. I think Bisming. Bisming, yes, and no, just because he's got his comeback story, but he 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 went back and forth with wins and losses, I believe, this year. No, I don't think so, because he fought Silva. I've got it right here. He beat Silva, which is a huge would have been a huge thing two years ago. It's still a huge thing, but nowhere near the same. He beat Rockhold, he beat Henderson, he beat Silva, he beat Dallas Latis, he beat C B Dalloway, he lost to Luke Rockhold in 2014. So he only had three fights this year. Anderson Silva, Luke Rockhold, Dan Henderson. Definitely not fight of the year, fighter of the year material in that sense. Um, no, he's not. I mean, he's not that, but I, I he's one of them that I, I could see you start putting it up there because I mean, of his comeback story and the people that he beat. If you're from Ohio, it's got to be Stipe. He broke the Cleveland curse. Yeah, yep. You know who else is from Cleveland? Cody, Cody Garbrandt. That's what I'm saying. You know who else was born in Cleveland? Donald Cerrone. You seeing really? a trend? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, oh, and then shout out to Garbrandt, too. We have to say it. Giving away his belt, like he said oh, he would. Yeah, today. That was a good, that was, that's just a feel-good story, man. Like I said, he's a good dude. Cody Garbrandt is the salt of the earth for his biblical terms. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a good dude. I think, I think Stipe, because he broke the the the, the curse. I'm already going back on what I said. Stipe Con- or Connor or Amanda, right? Amanda, the first lesbian fighter to win a belt to really push forward. You know that that kind of line with the UFC, where a lot of people think that that UFC fans are just male chauvinistic jocks or you know perverts or whatever it is, and most of you you guys are. Um, and that's all right. Do your thing. But the fact that they can actually be like, hey, you know what? We have a, a, a homosexual champion that is being pushed by the UFC, even though she wasn't. But um, it's huge. You know, that that I think is great. Cody Garbrandt giving his belt away. You know, that's definitely fight of the year material. Stipe ending the Cleveland curse. And then everyone winning in Cleveland. I think is huge, and then Connor being the first two way champ. There you go. Those are my my top four 
possibles. I think that I mean that's that's and then the other big <laughs> one Cerrone, yeah. the big money the big moment I think also with Connor is just the fact that he he put it on re, yeah he put it on replay with Nate for um to fight again at 170 the exact same setup and he came in with a game plan and, and destroyed him when he could have already started going for another belt it was pretty impressive. Um I also wanted to do knockout of the or knockout of the year and uh, submission of the year, but there's so many though that we didn't see that it's hard to get into that. Well, other ones that you saw, I mean, it's I'm not asking like well, who do you like consensus? Who, what is it? Just at what you think? What I think? We'd have to get into and, that more in depth when I had more time to actually look at what because I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was like because the Venata back kick that was mine was just phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah, Damian Maya, his his uh, Carlos Condit submission is also submission. I know it was just a rear naked. But oh, yeah, but within like forty five seconds against one of the toughest ridiculous. guys. In the, um, Stipe's knockout of Overeem was huge. I don't think it's knockout of the year, but I mean because of what it meant and because of who it was, that was gigantic. Um, I don't know. I'd have to actually really get into that because there's a lot of those that we never saw, and there's a lot more knockouts and submissions that I saw on undercards than I ever saw on main cards. And some of those guys did really, really well. <coughs> I can tell you that my my least favorite fight of the year was someone that should have been dominant that wasn't was Alexander Gustafson against um, Blake Blake. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> uh, what was his name like Jenjik Blakovich or whatever his last fight. That one definitely failed to deliver and was definitely one of the worst fights of the year. But with that, before I lose my voice and just have to cough and cough and cough. No, I want to hear it. <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to, to mention or say? And then we can get into submission and knockout of the year potentially uh, next time. Um, the only other big thing is the Connor <coughs> denying Alpha Prime completely and now going back on it. Did you read that ESPN article at all? Uh, uh, no, I don't even know what that was. I thought it was a joke between Connor and Alpha Mill. No, so he this is a substance that he's using that they're getting ready to probably ban. But the ESPN article, I couldn't tell if it was like tongue in cheek, like they were making fun of it, or if some way they are backing that art because like it was the weirdest thing in the world. So they're yeah, talking explain about explain what Alpha Prime is and how it's linked to Conor McGregor because I have no idea. So it's it started like they started talking about it when he had to put on weight to fight uh, Nate. And it raises your testosterone by like ninety percent or some crazy. That's, so like spawn. I, I don't know. I, I I don't because that's the thing is like I can't tell on this ESPN article if it's an actual advertising or if they're doing it tongue in cheek, like making fun of it. So re, I'm gonna try to find the article and send it to you. But um, so he he said he never like he doesn't take any substances, and then he came back and said that he did do this one from what I read in the article. And then the guy writing it, he's like, all right, so we tried it out, and they did this test on what it did, and it has like one of those. You know how you can like with the new iPhone, like uh, iOS, you can hit the that top button and it does like a almost like a short movie or like a short clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on pictures. a photo, it's yeah. kind of like that from him going like cut to not, but it looks like a really cheap infomercial. And so I'm like, is this is this real? And then you get down to the comments, and it's like I've been on this for four weeks. It's like testimonials, like you would see. <sighs> in a, it's almost like an article of an infomercial. So I can't really tell, but from everything that I I can. The, the serious parts of the article, from what I read, they are actually saying that this is a substance that needs to be banned. And uh, Connor said that he wasn't on it, and now that he is. so Interesting. 
Well, we can meet more on that next week. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I'm going to show I would you that like to article. Read some articles and get into that and get Sean here so we can call him on it without him knowing anything about it. Yeah, maybe 2017 is the year that Sean won't run. Yeah, you know when his favorite fighter puts his hands on his hips and runs across the, the octagon. I, I don't <laughs> suppose that he'd ever actually come and and fight. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, share this with a friend if you enjoy it, because I know I enjoy it and I enjoy you guys listening. I don't. <laughs> I do. I do. Carson hates everyone. All right, guys. Until the next time. Bye.